What's up, plebs? Uh, Luke and I just watched Jen Pasaki. I know that it could be Saki or something else or Saki it to me, but uh, I'm going to go with Pasaki because I like to phonetically sound things. Um, anyway, so Jen Pasaki, uh, the press secretary for President Biden, uh, just uh, dropped a bomb on everybody trying to, I think, buffer what's going to happen with the CPI print uh, tomorrow. And, uh, and, yeah, so we're we're gonna get into that and the the Putin's uh, price hike, and then we'll also talk about uh, you know wrapping up the Bitcoin twenty twenty two and all the fun stuff that uh, we got to experience there and everything. So thanks to our sponsors, Bitbox, Bitbox O two hardware wallet from Shift Crypto and Movies Plus. If you want to learn more about them listen on into the episode or you can just google it right now uh and there's a there's a there's a, a uh audio clip from one of the local radio shows I, th- I think they just got it for themselves but there's this guy that goes google it right now and i always think that in my head because like how many times in your life could you just google it right now um but anyways luke how was your flight back are you sick uh and are you sick of not seeing me in our romantic uh, <laughs> a romantic even. gay hotel. Uh, I am back. I am back in communist California. Um, I am missing our little uh, love retreat, Corey. To the listeners, <laughs> Corey and I shared a room um, in Miami 2022, which was phenomenal. It was our first time meeting. So that was great. That was good fun. Um, Bitcoin Miami 2022 was massive. It was so massive that it's absolutely kicked my ass. I'm sick. I'm tired. I think I had less than 10 hours sleep combined for the past four or five days. So I'm sorry to the listeners. My voice is a bit scratchy, Um, but I'm back. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be covering the big news of the week because like you mentioned in the introduction, Corey, Jen Psaki looks terrified. We just watched a video of Jen Psaki, who is the press secretary for Biden. Is that right, Corey? Yeah, is that her yep. title? And she was essentially just warning us, look, guys, the inflation print that comes out tomorrow is going to be absolutely massive. Um, I think this video will come out tomorrow on the day that the inflation print goes live. So you guys listening in will know the exact details of how. I mean, just it's got to be double digits, right? I'm 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 feeling double digits. I don't know. Like, I, I think. I think the fact that she's had to come out ahead of time and warn people about how massive it's going to be. I can't remember, remember the exact terminology she said, but um, she said well, a she big called change. it Putin's price hike. Yeah, a big change is coming, she said, and it was all blamed on Putin's price hike. Um, so I think we're going to discuss that in today's video because that's a little bit of a common misconception that's surrounding the inflation narrative. Yeah. So, all right. So you're the one that studies this macro stuff. Um, so tell us what we're looking at on the screen. If you aren't uh, watching us, um, we'll, we'll do our bit. You don't need to watch us, um, but we have, if you want to check out on the YouTube video, uh, Luke has, uh, has some charts pulled up um, or as he says in Australian, a chart. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, we can take a look at uh, what in the world is going on because um, I mean, Let's see. So the other day, like we have, we have our SUV that, you know, is like the, the car that we take everywhere, you know, with all the kids stuff in the back, sports equipment, yada, yada. And then we have the other one. That's like our one we've had, it's, you know, 12 years old and um, 
and it's you know a little coupe that uh we keep and that's kind of for like local driving and whatever and i always enjoyed filling up the little car at the gas station it was like you know because the price first of all it takes regular gas like the the land rover takes like premium you know like all that kind of stuff it actually works out better to use premium instead of but anyways anytime you fill up the land rover it's a bigger tank you're using premium it's just like oh my god um so i always looked forward to whenever i'd fill up the mazda our little mazda 3 i was always like oh like this is basically free you know because it was so much cheaper compared to filling up the land rover um and so i filled it up because i took it back and forth to the airport um and i filled it up and i almost crapped my pants um because it was more (laughs) than what i usually paid to fill up the land rover um and i was just like oh this is getting out of control um and i mean we know that as bitcoiners we know that but uh yeah what in the world is going on because it's not they're calling it the putin price hike Um, well they're telling you it's all putin Corey. so i don't know what you're talking about i think it's just a patriotic duty you should suck up your patriotic duty and just fill your tank because it's all because of putin it's only because we're it has nothing to do with the fact that there's like double the amount of dollars competing for the same yeah number of resources let's let's dispel this myth right here right now because i'm sick of hearing this putin price hike bullshit so let's have a look at a few charts and see just when the oil and gas price inflation actually started. And surprise, surprise, it's got nothing to do with Putin. Um, so we first chart we're going to look at, we're looking at the price of oil. Um, and the vertical line on the chart uh, is November 2020. So this is actually when Biden took office in the United States. And you can see the, the price for a barrel of oil was $35 a barrel in November 2020, Okay. And then you fast forward to the second line I've got on chart here, and that is February 2022. So this was a full month before Putin invaded Ukraine. So, And you can see that the price of oil is $98 a barrel. So between November 2020, when Biden took office, and February 2022, the price of oil ran from $35 a barrel to $98 a barrel. So that is an increase of something like 172%. And this was all well before the Biden, um, this was well before the Russia and Ukraine war. So I think that's something that just doesn't get talked about in the news. Um, Obviously, same situation with gas prices. So this is a chart of gas prices, obviously pretty reliant upon uh, what happens with oil, but you can see the price of gas was trading within a range. So I've got these two red lines drawn up on this chart. So this is gas prices in the United States. You can see for the best part of, well, this is about eight years. So between 2014 and 2021, gas prices were trading within a range. And then you can see after Biden took office in 2020 and 2021, gas prices actually started getting above this range for the first time in eight years. And the little, the re- if you zoom in on the chart here, plebs, you'll see a little, a little, uh, a little red circle. Now that is the very beginning of February 2022, and you can see prices of gas were like, uh, is that 100% higher than they have been for the past eight years? So this is well before. Again, this is three to four weeks before the Putin invasion of Ukraine. Um, just before I move on to the other charts, there, Corey. 
uh, thoughts is is it is it all just got to do with the Putin price hike or is there maybe something else that's causing this runaway <laughs> yeah. inflation? Um, like, and I'm not a macroeconomic, you know, I don't have a doctorate in macroeconomics, but um, like I've said to people before, what made me absolutely ape into Bitcoin was understanding that they were going to in March of 2020, I was like, they're going to, they're going to print like crazy. And, and then when I learned about what QE was and realized they've been doing it for a long time, I was like, Oh my God. Um, and I went even aped into it even more. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, you have the same, you have at least, you know, close to double the amount of dollars in circulation competing for a finite amount of resources. The, re- the amount of resources did not change. Um, so I kind of just am stuck here thinking, is this the beginning of when money dies? You know, is this, is this, I mean, not the beginning cause it's been dying, but um, is this whenever everybody else starts to wake up to it? Cause it's about to get, I've been saying it for a while. It's about to get weird. Um, and uh yeah, this is what happens with supply, supply and demand. And when you tinker with the supply of dollars, um, that is going to come back and bite you big time. So it has n- has nothing to do with um, with Putin. Now, I also say, uh, you know, it has very little to do with whether it would have been Trump or Biden in office, because um, they when Trump was in there, they were happily printing. Um, so it's not really a it's not really a partisan issue. It's a it's a fiscal issue. It's a it's a it's a soft money issue. It's a problem with um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there are certain policies that Biden could change that would make things better. Um, you know, Keystone Pipeline being one of them. Uh, but yeah, it, in, and also antagonize the way we've antagonized this situation. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think? It, it just it's not really a partisan issue. It's a, it's a, the dollar is dying issue. Now I, I largely agree with you, my friend. It is. No, I, I think yeah. It, there's nuance to it. There's a little bit different, but you know. Yeah. I, I think you've got, I, I definitely, definitely agree with you on the, there's just simply too much money chasing too few goods. hundred um, percent agree. But I think Biden's even worse than Trump. Um, like, oh, I mean, I mean, as far as managing finances, a hundred percent, like, and also putting together coherent sentences. <laughs> well, no, it's the energy policies that Biden's pursuing. So Trump yeah. was friendly to oil fracking and he actually let the U S you know, engage in, um, you know, oil fracking and, you know, becoming en- energy independent. But since Biden's taken office, we all know that Biden's essentially a controlled puppet of the World Economic Forum. And we also all know that the World Economic Forum is um, chasing these uh, quote unquote green initiatives where they're trying to shut down, um, shut shut down, especially like uh, anything that's got anything to do with oil or natural gas. And so since Biden's taken office, he's shut down the Keystone pipeline. Um, he's suspended oil and gas leasing um, in, in slew of executive orders on climate change. He's, mm-hmm. um, and you can see since Biden's taken office, we're producing 10% less oil than we were in 2019. So that's, this is all contributing to the, the big factor, which it's is like a comedy of errors, honestly. 
Hey, it's it's a comedy of errors. It's it's the money printing that would have happened no matter who was in. And then it's just getting multiplied and amplified by whoever is um, is. Hang on a second. Hold up. Daddy's in the middle of something, guys. We're doing it live. Yeah. No, we're good. <laughs> we're doing it, a lot. We're, we're not editing that, by the way. It's no. more fun that way. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we agree so, on the monet. We we agree on the fiscal cause of the inflation. But then, in my opinion, Biden's making it even worse than Trump because he's actively shutting down. Um, he's shutting yeah, down. It's, oil like, it's as if he wants it to happen. Exactly. Controlled Which, demolition. Exactly. Leads to the narrative of like where people go like, you're crazy for thinking that. And it's like, well, no, not really. Um, Because it appears to be happening. Well, well, it's fact. We just looked at the headlines. Biden's actively shutting down oil and gas leases. He's actively shutting down key infrastructure like the Keystone Pipeline. And you can see by the charts is the United States is producing 10% less oil in 2022 than it was in 2019. Um, So you've got more money chasing less supply not even the same supply of oil it's it's less so it's 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 a massive shit show but uh guess what Corey? our central planners um the governor of california gavin newsom he's figured out how to fix this problem so our central planners they cause inflation with money printing right and Mm. now obviously the money printing causes prices of everything to go up so gavin newsom the genius that he is he comes out and he says, yeah, you know what? The solution to uh, money printing and high prices is how about we print some more money and give it to Californian residents? So in California, um, you can actually, everyone who's got a registered vehicle will get $400 of freshly printed fiat as a quote unquote fuel subsidy. Uh, thoughts on that one, Corey? Take that money and plow it right into Bitcoin. Yes, I think that's a great idea. I think that's it's, a brilliant idea. For anyone living in California, that is, this is not financial advice, but um, I would tell you, unless, if, if you're getting the money printed right into your pocket, uh, probably hedge against inflation with that that thing uh, that has the you know saw the the hard cap of twenty one million. Um, what's it called again? Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, just, uh, and this, they're doing the same thing in Quebec as well in Canada. So they're giving residents $500 to help fight inflation. Uh, thank God for our central planners um, with their brilliance. Uh, they, what would we do without them? You know, I know, I know they, they're they always really, looking out for us to be honest. Um, it's all, it's all for your safety, Corey. Everything yeah. they do is for our health and safety. Uh, but round, maybe rounding out the inflation uh, topic, uh, we are recording the day before that the CPI inflation uh, uh, metric gets released. Uh, let's both take a little bit of a stab or an estimate at where we think it's going to be. Um, it was uh, 7.9% for February 2022. Um, I'm going to take a guess and I'm going to say we're 9.5%. Uh, I reckon that'll be the figure that comes out tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I I was initially thinking we might be in double digits, but something about 9% sounds a lot worse than 7%, even though it's just a little bit, you know, like, so like the sticker shock, I think is going to be there. Um, 
But if I had to guess, I don't know, with the way that they're laying the groundwork, maybe it's going to be like, maybe it's going to cross over and touch the 10. You know, maybe it'll be like 10.2 or 10.1. Um, That'd be knows? a sticker shock. Yeah, maybe by the time uh, this uh, this uh, releases, everyone will be like, wow, that was either really conservative or really, uh, you know, reaching. But uh, maybe it'll just blow that narrative up um, and it'll it'll be something like crazy, like 15% or something. Um, Jeez, that would be crazy. That would be bullish. Um, bullish and, for Bitcoin. Yeah. Bearish just, just, for everything else. Yeah. Uh, just just well, a reminder. What do you think it's going to... You, hey. No, I was just going to say, what, what do you think, though? I mean, it just looks like the price of Bitcoin is still correlated with the S&P. And, you know, like what's going to what's going to cause that? Um, and we can get into that, too, once we get off the we can talk about the illiquid supply and like, why is the price of Bitcoin going down when more people are hodling and all that kind of stuff? But like, you know, you would think conventional wisdom would tell you like, Hey, like get into Bitcoin, it's going to, the price is going to take off with hyperinflation. But at this point, I don't even know if that's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, with hyperinflation, do you think we're going to see that or what, what, what were you going to get into? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I think the price of Bitcoin short term, it's correlated to the equities market. And I actually think that's a good thing. Like, I actually think um, that means that the largest traders in the world are trading Bitcoin. They're interested in Bitcoin. Um, except they just don't understand Bitcoin. So they're trading it as a high, like a high beta tech stock. So it's very correlated to the NASDAQ. And naturally, when you're in an environment of interest rates rising um, and central banks withdrawing stimulus out of the market, um, tech stocks do poorly because they have to get repriced um, at higher interest rates. So that's... That's a reason why Bitcoin's been drawn down in the short term. Um, but I think something that a lot of people are missing is uh, Bitcoin is being heavily accumulated. So that's that kind of gets to the point you touched about with the illiquid supply shock. Um, I think illiquid supply essentially measures the ratio between the long-term holders and the short-term holders. Okay, so the Bitcoin has an open blockchain. We can actually see uh, what kind of wallets and what kind of entities hold Bitcoin. And if you hold on to your Bitcoin for longer than six months, you're deemed as a long-term holder. Okay, so that's typically the smart money. And throughout this entire correction, uh, from 69K to, God, we're in the 30s at the moment. So throughout this entire 55% correction, the long-term holders have been accumulating more and more supply and they actually hold on to more supply today than they did at the bottom in 2018 when Bitcoin was at 3K. So they are heavily accumulating Bitcoin and Bitcoins continue flying off of exchanges into the wallets and the custody of the smart money. So I think we're watching a, a divergence and I think when you get just a little bit of demand coming into the Bitcoin market, it's going to absolutely rocket. Okay. So that's the, everything we described is the supply side of Bitcoin. So there's a, there's a constraining amount of supply actually for sale on exchanges. And when just a little bit of demand comes in, price is going to absolutely move. And that's what we saw in 2020. So like, again, the amount of 
hodling or the coins being held by the long-term holders today it's it's it looks very similar to uh what was occurring in 2020 just before that bull run got started um mm-hmm. all right so and uh we'll get into that a little bit my i guess maybe my my dark theory as to what's going on but um and then did you want to go over that chart that you were just looking at which one are you referring that to C- that cpi the one that was just in that um no, I think we beat CPI to death. Okay. I think we've, I think we've smashed that. Uh, but, but- uh, before we get into the illiquid supply and discussing that more, I want to thank again Bitbox for being the sponsor of the show. The Bitbox O2 hardware wallet, super easy to use and super user friendly. Um, it's you know got a touch screen. It's the size of a thumb drive. Very easy to use, and um, like I've said before. I uh, was always nervous about uh, taking Bitcoin and putting it onto a wallet. And then this one was actually so easy for me to use that I am addicted to it. Um, so it's like almost like every other day I, I keep breaking it out. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not supposed to like always be taking stuff off of exchanges, which means do I have too much on exchanges? What am I doing? Um, but it's just, it's seriously, it's so simple to use. So go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple and you use the code Bitcoin made simple to get 5% off your order. And I mean, Luke, you've got a chance to uh, poke around with it. What do you think of the, the Bitbox? I think it's one of the easiest hardware wallets that I've ever used. Like I've had them all. I've used a ledger. I've used a Trezor. I've used a cold card. I've even created my own uh, multi-signature setup schema um, with uh, Spectre wallet. Um, honestly, the Bitbox is the easiest uh, one to use. Sleek, sexy, easy to use. It's a hardware wallet that, you know, actually works. So highly recommend you guys go and get one. Um, any of the sponsors on the podcast, you know, they're not going to be sponsors that we don't personally use their services ourselves. Like we both use Bitbox. It's a great hardware wallet. Um, another service that I personally have used before in the past is taking advantage of a one-on-one video call with a Bitcoin Pro. Um, so obviously that is Coinbeast. So head on over to coinbeast.com, guys, if you want to, um, if you need any help with either setting up a hardware wallet or if you need help running a node or if you need help setting up a lightning node, um, there will be a Bitcoin pro that specializes in each one of those Bitcoin disciplines. So head on over to coinbeastconnect.com and you can book a one-on-one video call with a Bitcoin pro over there. So um, Corey and I actually had the pleasure of meeting both of our show sponsors in Bitcoin Miami 2022 in person. For the first time so that was that was amazing and we had some good times and some good stories were created out of uh <laughs> out of <laughs> we, that with my sweatpants did. that i had to wear at the bar <laughs> um and uh <laughs> um and uh also movies plus go to mymoviesplus.com check out uh the you get a free 30-day trial um you can sign up there we got a bunch of Bitcoin docs. We're putting more on there. Um, and then also, actually, I was meeting with uh, some filmmakers uh, at Bitcoin 2022. So, um, you know, it's funny. I kind of mixed Bitcoin with my my real world where I, you know, go in and, and talk to filmmakers. So it was kind of funny. It was changing gears midway. But um, but yeah, we're going to have a lot more content coming. And uh, so definitely, if you want to stay on top of it, have it all in one place. Some of it's even free. So uh, you don't even have to sign up for the 30-day free trial to watch some of the content. Um, 
but uh, yeah, check that. Check definitely it out. go and check it out, plebs. For any plebs who are unsure or don't know the full story behind that, uh, Corey is the CEO and founder of My Movies Plus, and it is Netflix 2.0. It is Netflix without the communist bullshit. There is no censorship on the platform. Free so. speech maximalist. It's also Bitcoin backed. So I don't Love know it. if that gets much better for, uh, for as a streaming platform for plebs because uh yeah it's our balance sheet is bitcoin um and also we are free speech maximalists so um i do have Love to work before we get back to the illiquid supply i do have to want i wonder because i want free speech so i've said this before if we if somebody brings like a like a altcoin documentary to us which probably won't ever exist but uh like i have to put it up because it's freedom of speech and obviously people look through the lies and see that it's garbage um but i thought like i should just make a tab and call it like you know like on you you look through netflix like drama family you know romance um and make one of them just be shit coins and just straight put them all there (laughs) so be like hey it's freedom of speech but i mean i'm also calling them all shit coins it's my choice to call them that um so we'll see whenever that day comes but uh back to the illiquid supply change so i mean Luke has a chart up here showing the illiquid supply. I'm I put a tweet out earlier today saying like what in the world is going on because all I keep hearing and seeing is that there's less and there's more and more bitcoin being held by long-term hodlers that are not letting go of their bitcoin. Yet the price is getting suppressed. My radar goes up and I start thinking is this something nefarious going on you know and i I think i said like i'm all for it let's audit the fed but let's also audit the exchanges because wtf is going on um there's no way that there's that much bitcoin being sold so i don't know what you think of that luke um my my greater theory of like are they are they just you know insolvent and they're just selling it on spot um to as a way to to boost trading and could they actually you know, cover all the Bitcoin they say they have on exchanges because that's what I, um, that's why I tell people get your Bitcoin off of exchanges. And that way, um, even Steve Barber, I, I linked it underneath my tweet when I said that Steve Barber posted and said, there'll be a bank run on Bitcoin um, at some point. And you better hope that you have your coins off of exchanges before that happens. I have absolutely zero doubt that there's going to be a massive bank run in Bitcoin. Um, and I, I honestly think that's that's when Bitcoin goes, uh, starts traveling up the steep part of the S curve is when there's a supply shock in Bitcoin. Um, like um, regular listeners will get sick of me talking about this, but I think Bitcoin fundamentally changed in 2020 for the first 10 years of Bitcoin's life up until 2020. Coins were being sent to exchanges to be bought and sold. Since 2020, we've actually watched that fundamentally shift for the first time in 12 years. And for the, for the past two years straight, since 2020, we've watched coins just leave exchanges at a precipitous rate. Um, so the amount of supply actually on exchanges has gone from like 3.1 million coins down to like 2.4 million coins. So you've essentially just watched 30% um, of all the supply that's actively traded on a daily basis. Uh, just go to the hands of long-term holders who aren't selling their Bitcoin. Um, and that's highlighted by the liquid supply change. Um, like this metric, since since the, um, the mining ban from China uh, back in mid-2021, 
um, a liquid supply has just been growing for over 220 days straight. So since June 2021, you've just watched more and more coins become a liquid and not trading hands. And they go into the hands of wallets who aren't selling for more than six months. So we all know what happened in 2020 in October. You got a little bit of demand with Michael Saylor coming into the market and the Bitcoin price ran from 9000 to 59000 um, in the space of a few months. So I think we're setting up for something very similar here as Bitcoin's at 40000 um, and the illiquid supply has been increasing for 200 days straight. <laughs> so 200 days straight. So that March on the... That's March of last year? June. Or no, no, no. So that's so the liquid supply has been increasing for 200 days. So that's since June, June 2021. Okay. That was when we crashed from 65K to 30K. What I was talking about with coins on exchanges, uh, just to clarify, that's different. So that's that's that trend changed in March of 2020. So for the past two years, we've watched coins on exchange go from 3.1 million to 2.4 million. And that's pretty much been a straight line down to the right. Wow. Um, and I can't believe that the price is pushing down again. How does that happen? So that's the short-term correlation to stocks. I'm not sure if there's anything nefarious going on because we would actually probably see that in the futures market. And yeah, the futures volume is relatively high. But I, I think it would be a lot higher if a state actor was suppressing the price of Bitcoin. Um, I, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Maybe, maybe some of that futures volume is nation states short in Bitcoin. Um, wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, my conspiratorial mind. Uh, you know, I'm, putting really, my, I'm pinning your tinfoil hat on put it on and i think you're 100 right about exchanges um exchanges are re-hypothecating bitcoin i had no doubt in my mind about that uh last year when the price of bitcoin was running from 9k to 65k uh, one of the largest exchanges in australia called eToro actually come out and said um next week we actually won't be able to let you withdraw your bitcoin off the exchange um so <laughs> there you go so- AKA we don't have it. Exactly. We don't actually have it. That's insane. Um, That's the dangers. That's what, uh, I mean, honestly, not to plug the BitBox again, but seriously, go get a BitBox. Um, They're relatively cheap and it's the best way to secure your investment in your life savings because the day is going to come where it's going to be like, it's going to be like, it's a wonderful life. If you've ever seen that movie uh literally came out like a hundred years before luke was born um but <laughs> out um, not that young <laughs> <laughs> but you know the uh the, the bank run in 1929 um you know with the stock market everybody was they were out of cash uh stuff like that seriously you should watch that scene from it's a wonderful life and watch how they they didn't have enough cash in the bank to cover everybody's withdrawals and you know, so George is sitting there saying, um, saying, you know, just tell me how much do you need to get, get you from here to through next, you know, Wednesday, you know, and they're like, uh, you know, 
one guy is you know a jerk and i i want my whole thing and he goes okay fine and then the next lady says oh like i could do like five dollars and 75 cents you know and he, he was like oh bless you you know all that kind of stuff and um but it's that's that's what fractional reserve banking is and i think i'm just worried that the exchanges which shouldn't be doing that the exchanges should have 100 percent you know coin for coin matched up with what they they say you own that's what they should have matched up um on their balance sheet and i i'm afraid that they're rehypothecating it um for their own benefit and that those chickens are going to come home to roost where you like you said with etoro one of these days they're going to say hey sorry we can't uh, let you exchange or uh, pull your Bitcoin off the exchange, which is code for we need to use some of our profits over the next couple months to get more Bitcoin on our uh, balance sheet so that we can then send that to you. Um, so anyways, uh, well, I say to I, people all the time, if you've got Bitcoin on exchange, just you don't own Bitcoin. You you literally don't own Bitcoin. You own the idea Bitcoin, of it. If you've got Bitcoin on an exchange, that exchange gets hacked. Guess what? Bye-bye. Bye-bye goes your Bitcoin. Um, it's funny that we're talking about this because literally last night I was watching the newest uh, documentary about Bitcoin that went on to Netflix and it's talking about the Canadian exchange Quad Riga. What's this documentary called? Uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's... It's on Netflix? It's, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's brand new. Um, it has a big Bitcoin logo on it. Um, if you guys Google it, I'm sure you'll, 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 you'll find it, but it's essentially it's- talking about... Uh, it's not the, the large... one by Pierre Corbin, is it? That's the guy that I met with. One of the guys I met with in uh, Miami. Just curious. I don't think so. But it's essentially talking about the story of, of the largest exchange in Canada. Uh, the dude faked his own death and ran away with uh, $250 million worth of funds. Um, so an enormous yeah, what was that? What was that one called? The uh, exchange? I don't have a... Uh, the exchange, Quad Riga. Quad yeah, Riga X. yeah. Yeah, Canada's that, largest exchange. Um, yeah, that uh, that is why you need to always get your coins off of the exchanges because those chickens will come home to roost. Um, and uh, so, I mean, we could beat that to death, but you know, you you plebs know what to do that. Um, but I guess, uh, well, you'd be surprised. Like you'd yeah, be, that's true. You'd, you'd be surprised the amount of complacency there is in the Bitcoin space about not taking coins off exchanges. Um, like it's it, an empowering feeling once you do it. It is. It really is, and it's actually easier than most people think. Start little. You don't need to move your whole stack off the exchange and a hit. Do do ten dollars and make sure that the transaction goes through all good and you didn't cock anything up, and then then you do with a larger amount. It's very empowering when you know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, we're not, this is just part of what we're actually talking about. We're not just shilling um, the Bitbox, but seriously, it, it it's so easy. <laughs> um, and the thing I like about it too, because it is a hair raising moment. So like whenever you, for anyone that hasn't sent Bitcoin off of an exchange before, you know, like you send it and like, it takes a minute or so to get the confirmation of the first confirmation. Um, uh, and depending on the wallet you use, you, it, it's different to see how you receive that confirmation. Um, but on the, the Bitbox app, actually, like when you send it through, the first confirmation shows up like immediately. Um, so like there is no moment of like wondering, oh my God, where is it in the ether? Um, 
And yeah, you always do a test transaction. Like I recommend that to everybody. Just do a test transaction and, you know, see like throw 10 bucks through to make sure you have the addresses right and everything. And then, and then once you see that, just send it to the same address and, you know, do the amount you want. Although I saw somebody, somebody once showed an on-chain metric where they saw it was like a new wallet was created, new wallet address. And somebody just like transferred off of an exchange to this wallet, like it was like a billion dollars <laughs> and they didn't do a test transaction. And somebody was like, wow, what like balls that person has to just be like, yep, I know I'm right. <laughs> like just, just going to send it. Um, you know, they're off by one digit. They could have, you know, completely uh, screwed themselves. But yeah, I always recommend test transactions. I mean, the fees are like, like 15 cents. It's nothing. Um, so it's worth doing a test transaction. You see it goes through, boom, do the same address. You're good to go. Um, so yeah, enough about, you know, getting it off the exchanges, I guess, uh, you know, the last couple of things we can wrap up with here, Luke was, um, you know, we had, uh, we had a great time at, uh, Bitcoin 2022 and, you know, the YouTube, I will just say for anyone that works at Bitcoin magazine or anyone else that's worried about getting censored on YouTube, you should contact me directly. Cause I don't know if you heard Luke earlier, but I do own a streaming platform called movies plus. And we are working and I'm going to make sure because so Thursday into Friday, Thursday night into Friday morning, um, Bitcoin Magazine's YouTube channel that they were streaming everything from the conference on got uh, canceled and, you know, uh, pulled down and it quickly got reinstated um, because I'm sure it was just, you know, some random thing. But that day is coming. They are going to take every single one of you down and you will all be off of YouTube. And you've got to be, you've got to have a backup plan in, in place and to have that backup plan in place. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm willing, I want to do that for everybody. So uh, Movies Plus, we won't put, behind, put you behind the paywall either. Put you out there for free, just like YouTube, so anyone can watch you. Um, but you should probably have that contingency plan in place because um, I've been screaming from the mountaintops. It's really frustrating um, in my life. Cause I sit here screaming from the mountaintops that, you know, the money is a lie and buy Bitcoin and feel like in my regular life, nobody pays attention. And then I would scream from the mountaintops that the censorship is coming for you, whether you're on the right or the left and work with me at movies plus and sure, you know, it'll help my company, but Jesus Christ, this is a real thing. This is why I started the company was to protect against this. So this stuff's coming. Um, and uh, I can't stress that enough, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, aside from pushing my own platform, seriously, the, the Bitcoin content is going to continue to get censored. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, other than that, I don't know, Luke, I mean, it's meeting all of our club friends. It was kind of fun. We met like, you know, so Shinobi um, told me, he said, I'm over by this, you know, one part and, uh, over by like the video game part in the, in the exhibition hall. And uh, so I have no idea what Shinobi looks like. And I just come walking up to people and I likened it to being in like a medieval or like Lord of the Rings type scenario where I just, I literally walked up to this person and I said, I'm looking for the one they call Shinobi. Um, and he was like, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's exactly how it went down too. He's not joking. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I, I don't know who that is. And so then, you know, finally found Shinobi. Um, and, and then, so we got to do the fun thing. Cause then we're sitting there talking to Shinobi 
we met like uncle jim and a bunch of other nims and so we're all standing there talking to them and then uh phil gibson uh comes walking up to us and we like say what's up hey how you doing we're just standing there and we just start smiling and waiting for him to figure out who he's like standing right he has no idea it's all these people he's been talking to (laughs) for so long and then you know once he figures out, it's like oh hey you know it's just um it was uh it was great so um you by the way you know this is all on screen what you're uh what you're poking around on yeah, I was bringing up I was bringing up Uncle Jim's uh, profile for the people listening in on, uh, okay, on okay. the YouTube video. So when we're talking about Uncle Jim or Shinobi. These are the nims that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it was it was it was good times getting uh, getting to see all of them, um, and uh, and then also you know just had a, a lot of fun. If anyone's on the fence about it, I mean, I know a lot of people. I yeah, last year I didn't get to go to Bitcoin twenty twenty one. I was, you know, kind of like, man, like I'm missing out. This sucks. Um, it really is. Like, I don't even, I, I think we saw like a, an, a quarter of the, at most a quarter of the talks that happened. Uh, the best part is really um, getting to just walk around and we literally were like meeting people. I didn't know who I was like, I, I the only person I actually know here is like, luke that i talk to on a regular basis there's other people that i've talked to that like i know we know each other um you know uh like i mean and so i I was just like we'll see what happens and um yeah we just end up walking around you bump into people hey they know this person you start all meeting each other and um i highly recommend it because uh just the 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 pleb energy is there ignore the noise of the shitcoin talk there's there's a lot of good pleb energy there i thought it was okay um i couldn't agree more on the on the you thought it was okay i actually did i didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people were making it out to be on twitter i even watched the uh i did a little bit of investigating i watched the serena williams uh interview last night and she 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 was pretty bitcoin bitcoin only and bitcoin focus i thought it was okay it was it was a few shit things like seeing a celsius fucking booth at in the exhibition hall but apart from that I thought it was okay. There's a couple of people that said the word crypto here and there, but I think overall it was, I think it was, I think it was pretty good. I'll give him a, I'll give Bitcoin magazine a, a B plus on the amount of Bitcoin only content at the conference. Um, I echo everything Corey said. Um, it was amazing. Got to meet a shit ton of plebs. Um, we didn't, we didn't see many live talks or, uh you know events at the at the actual event it was more just about meeting internet friends that we we've never met before in person it was a phenomenal experience everyone should definitely go like i kept saying it was the magic internet money uh conference but i was meeting my magic internet friends <laughs> i like that that's good yeah was, i think uh, that i thought it was great and people's heights are completely different <laughs> like andy edstrom said he was like He's like, I like about Zoom is that I'm the same height as everybody. And he's not like super short, um, you know, but he was like, yeah, I'm the same height as everybody on a, on a Zoom call. Um, that cracked me up. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, and it was funny because I got to meet my local uh, fellow Pittsburgher, Preston, in person because um, he doesn't live in Pittsburgh anymore. But um, yeah, was, uh, then got to see Princey uh, in person. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, 
buddy Guy Swan got to get together with him actually, and you know, and meet space. So um, it's just it's funny. It's uh, yeah, it's it's funny to see people on in real life whenever you're used to them being on Zoom calls. So, but yeah, uh, well, I guess that'll do it for this episode. And um, Luke, we'll see what how ugly the the number is tomorrow. It could be pretty damn. Ugly. Would I say nine point four? Yeah, I think I said like 10.2. So so we'll see who's right. Uh, loser buys the other one dinner. Done. Um, and uh, yeah, plebs, we appreciate you guys. And uh, if you wanted to check out the charts, just go over to the YouTube channel. And thanks again to our sponsor, Bitbox. Shiftcrypto.ch. That's where you can find it. Slash uh, Bitcoin Made Simple. Thanks again, guys.